Payas and Hoover by three teams on Gamecock shutout. Of course, uh, Alabama won a shutout. I mean, they were just amazing baseball uh, on yesterday at the Met and Hoover because I know you're excited about that. Ty getting ready to play this afternoon, 4.30 Central Time. So we're going to get into all of that. Again, greetings, everybody. This is the Miller's Edge. I'm Corey Miller, the pastor of Payne, alongside my partner, my son, Christian Miller, down in the studio, set behind the glass. And we got a lot to get into on today, because we will recap that big-time Bama win, 4-0 to over Kentucky. We'll talk about a man, Andrew Pinckney. Boy, what a big day for him. We'll get into some of that. Of course, we got Michael Casagrande of AL.com will join us uh, in the second hour. We're going to talk some football. We're going to talk about Nick's kids and all that. Ask Christian about that, because he's participating. Uh, that was yesterday in Birmingham. Uh, but we're going to talk about something that I thought about last night, because I was on the podcast Bama Standard, and uh, I, I threw this out there yesterday, and I asked the question, what is that Bama Standard? And if we identify what that is, have they lost it, and can they get it back? And we'll talk about that, and of course we want to take your phone calls as it pertains to that, as well, 205-342-9904. Appreciate you listening. Don't forget to download that app, 100.9. Get that app, you know, get on your cell phone, your smart pad, listen to it while you're driving to lunch or sitting at lunch on the golf course. Fall right! Whatever you're doing, tune us in. Christian, what's happening, man? Nothing much. Uh, just another day, another dollar. And, uh, man, a lot of, a lot of stuff to unpack today. Really excited, uh, about the trajectory of Alabama baseball right now. Look really good watching that game yesterday. And, uh, really eager for this one coming up this afternoon. I know we need to recap that one first, but, uh, a tough matchup this afternoon against, uh, one seed Florida. And, uh, like you mentioned, Michael Casagrande will be joining us, uh, next and, uh, help unpack some of that with the Alabama baseball team. But, uh, yeah, there's some really exciting stuff going on, ready to, uh, dive into it. Well, I think yesterday was exciting, you know, baseball on cross because it had the rain delay. Uh, you had a lot of things that, that was like detractions, if you will. South Carolina started off the morning with a big win, put a nine piece on Georgia. Uh, Alabama came back and afforded nothing. I mean, Auburn capped it off last night. They scored 10, 10 runs. I mean, listen, uh, they had three shutouts, which I think was a record. Uh, history was made at the Met on yesterday. Uh, so a lot of great baseball was happening despite the weather and the delays. They still got games in and, they're on it right now. South Carolina, last I looked, was trailing LSU at the morning game, uh, two to one. So a good baseball game happening as we speak. Well, but let's go it's, back it's and six talk to about one now. Alabama. I, I, hate, I hate to break it to you. LSU is now up six to one in the bottom of the fifth, um, against your Man, game. I just, back. <laughs> I just got my stuff set. It was just two to one like five minutes ago. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they, yep. And. Yeah, just just drop Carolina's uh, shortstop. Just drop one, and yeah, looks like it might get a little ugly here. Yeah, they still got a few more in there, so you know. Yeah, there's time. There's time. Keep up alive. But anyway, South Carolina's kind of been uh, struggling as of late. They got the big win yesterday. They've had injuries, pitching situations happening. I mean, uh, they were just scorching the baseball early on in the year. Monty Lee, former head coach of Clemson, came over. Uh, South Carolina, things look really, really good. But, again, injuries and some other things happen. So they're battling for a regional host uh, as well. So let's talk about Alabama, though, because 
We're talking about the opposite of South Carolina. It's the Alabama Crimson Tide. Nine wins out of the last 11. Nine wins, folks, out of the last 11. You're talking about a team that we talked about distractions on yesterday where Brad Bohannon was fired because of that whole gambling scandal. Uh, you know, they, they got to go with an interim coach in Jackson. I, I mean, this team has found a way to, to use it as momentum, to turn things around, to, to use it as fire. And, and they go in uh, to Hoover at the Met yesterday, and they play some serious baseball. I mean, the pitching was phenomenal. And I mentioned in the opening, Andrew Pinkney. I mean, a two-run homer, a double Christian, a great sliding catch in the outfield. And by the way, you want to try to get home on him? Let me tell you something. God, we're going to just throw you out. I mean, a laser on a rope. I mean, the dude is, you're talking about a complete player? What a phenomenal performance by him. Yeah, and I think he made himself a lot of money because – you know how these these games are these these postseason games. All the scouts attend them, right? Um, you know they attend all the you know regular season games, but all eyes are you know really on you when it comes down to postseason. And for you to have you know such a spectacular day like he had, you know, really proving himself to be a five tool player. Just, I mean, it, it, I think he made himself a lot of money yesterday. Uh, really, just doing it all. You know, hitting home or hitting the double, uh, that laser to to take that run away. I mean, God, man. I mean that probably was the, probably was the best game of his career. And uh, look, if they want if they want to make a run, I mean they're, they're going to need that type of play. They're going to need guys like him to step up, and he can't be the only one. Um, other guys are going to have to play well, and and luckily they have guys that have potential. I don't know if they have quite that potential, um, but you got guys like Jim Jarvis, Drew Williamson, some some solid hitters, Tommy Seidel, um, who has been reliable as well. And uh, you know they're one of the best hitting teams in SEC, if not the country. And, uh, I think as long as they can, you know, carry that momentum forward, they, they have a true shot. Uh, and, and we said this, you know, they look to be a dangerous team. A lot of teams probably don't want to play them. They're hot at the right time and uh, they do a lot of things well. And I was impressed. I was really was impressed with Furtado. Um, you know, Jason Jackson came out and said they really just need him to get a couple zeros for him. And, uh, he ended up being in there five innings and, and pitched well. Cade Woods came in and, and relief and, and then Alton, uh, finished things off. So it, you know, I really like the way this team looks right now. Um, again, like I said earlier, I'm excited to see them match up against Florida. It's definitely going to be a tough one, but um, with their momentum, you know, I think they definitely have a fighting chance. But I'd be curious to hear what Michael thinks. Now, I think a lot of people would agree. I think yesterday's win should at least punch their ticket at hosting the regional, which is very exciting. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily a lock, but I think it's uh, as close to a lock as it, as it could be at this point uh, after yesterday's win over Kentucky. Um, so yeah, I think they're on the right track and, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions, um, regarding Jason Jackson. I mean, Hey, is it time to seriously consider, you know, retaining him as the next head coach of Alabama baseball? You know, I think, um, what he's done has been remarkable. I think, um, he's shown, you know, from going from the pitching coach to taking over, um, the whole unit that, that he's capable at least. Right. So, um, I think it's time to consider him. And, uh, those would be some questions that a lot of people, have answered. I think we might have a caller already. Uh, we're going to go to the phone lines real quick. Head over to Philip. Uh, Philip, how are you? Welcome into the Miller's Edge. You're doing all right this morning. Hey, um, hey, guys. I appreciate you having me on, and uh, and um, and glad you got your show up and running. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining. Appreciate that. Oh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The the baseball team. It's just a that's been a phenomenal story, especially 
considering that Alabama really needed some good news. Good news, you know, for the uh, athletic department. All that bad stuff happened that, you know, from January on up until, you know, a few weeks ago when Coach Bohannon got in trouble and then that staffer got in trouble with the with the charges. And so this is a, a really, truly feel-good story that the, that the athletic department needed. And, um, and it coming from baseball makes it even sweeter because the guys, you know, two weeks ago, I wouldn't have given you a, hardly anything to, to have seen this type of a turnaround. So it's a true credit to those players and, and staff to to get refocused and rejuvenated because they've certainly done it. Absolutely. And we, we talked to Keith Holcomb, former Alabama baseball and football player, and then we asked him, and he said, yeah, that would be tough, you know, you know, fighting those distractions with everything going on regarding head coach Brad Bohannon being fired with the gambling allegations. But um, I agree 100%, Philip. You know, you got to tip your hat to these guys. The way they stayed focused, they they fought for each other, the guys in that locker room. And we've heard them, you know, they, they said it at their post-game interview that they, you know, it's business as usual. You know, you have to tune out the distractions and play for the guy next to you. And I think that's the that's the perfect approach and the, the perfect way to handle those things. And, and I applaud them for handling it the way that they did. Right, right. Well, you know, we'll see what happens with the, with the coaching search. I, I think that um, Coach Jackson is definitely in the running. Uh, he's he's shown that um, the guys are rallying behind him, and there's something to be said for that because I I think that I think they are rallying behind him, and uh, he's brought something to them that they desperately needed, and um, it, it's paying off. And I wish him the best of luck against Florida. That's going to be uh, very interesting, and um, and the. I think right now, you know, Alabama's a dangerous team. Yeah, they're really dangerous. And uh, we're talking about the pitching. Um, they're really solid. They've been hitting the baseball very well pretty much all season long. I heard Coach Jackson yesterday talk about that. And, you know, they had uh, some good outings and just let some games slip away. But they played solid for the most part. And in baseball, as you well know, that you want to catch fire at the right time. And they look like that hot team that – that's got it all together, that's determined, uh, despite all the distractions, they're very focused. Um, you know, as, as um, uh, Pinky said yesterday, it's pitch by pitch, inning by inning, you know, uh, it's the way it works, and you just got to just let it happen and unfold. And I think this is a team that can make some noise. They got the pitching, they got the hitting, they got the defense behind the pitching. Uh, so they got the recipe for a really good run uh, in this SEC tournament, also uh, in regional and hopefully super regionals on the way to Omaha. So. This is a team I, I, I enjoy watching and really excited about uh, what the future holds for them. Appreciate your phone call, man. Have a great, wonderful Wednesday. Yeah. We love talking like to that. the people. We love talking to the people. 205-342-9904. And Christian, you know, he's talking about Coach Jackson. When you're talking about replacing, you know, the coach, his biggest advocate. I mean, he got the best resume, right? Because he had to take over – a disgruntled situation, a, a team that has all this fire going on. He was able to, to settle things down and, and, and keep them focused. And by the way, you know, they're playing much better baseball. So, you know, if you Greg Burns, you talk about hiring a coach, and you know he's going to have players that, that are going to be advocates for him. I mean, this is like the perfect storm, I think. And, I mean, what better coach can you have uh, to, and, and have on display to see what he can do under pressure, things are is ugly. He handled it very well. He got his guys or continue to keep them motivated. I mean, I think he has the best opportunity to step in and take that interim tag off his name. 
I agree. I mean, when he stepped in, you know, they, they took on Vanderbilt, took on the series against Vanderbilt, ended up winning that series two to one. Um, that was his first series. Uh, they, they followed that with a win against Troy. They went on the road to, to Texas A&M, uh, won that series, um, with some big wins, 12 to one and 11 to nothing, uh, swept Ole Miss. Uh, former national champions, uh, definitely. And, and I think the argument would be some of the teams that they did face after he took over weren't necessarily the best teams, right? But I don't think you necessarily look at it that way. I think you look at it as, hey, the, the Vanderbilt series was huge. And those other two series, they might not necessarily have been the best teams, but those were convincing wins. And And we always talk about this with football, and it really applies to any sport. You know, teams typically take on the the, the persona of their coaches, and uh, I think your ability to lead your team and to get them to rally behind you is critical. And I think that's that's something important to look at. And I think his ability to do that um, has been been very remarkable. And uh, I definitely think you got to seriously consider. I know some people say, "Hey, well, you know, it didn't normally work out when you do that." But look, I mean. His resume is, is proven to be strong right now. And obviously, they're going to look at other candidates from around the country, and rightfully so. I mean, Greg Byrne is phenomenal at what he does. Um, I think he's the best AD in the country. The way, you know, he, he operates and, and is able to, to go out and get the right fit for these jobs and, and get people um, of, of high character and people that really fit Alabama's, um, you know, persona. I, I think he'll get the right person for the job. But I definitely think you have to take Jason Jackson very seriously with his uh, with his work that he's done in this short uh, period of time. But um, like I said, I'm, I'm really excited about this team. And uh, again, you, you, you got to realize they're led by seniors, which definitely helps you out in postseason play. We know that that veterans and experience always is a huge advantage. Um, so I think they have a lot of things working in their favor right now. Real quickly, the guy that makes it very easy, or, or I should say much easier, excuse me, for Coach Jackson with Andrew Pickney. Let's listen to uh, this throw in this home run. This is the sound of the game from the big win over Kentucky yesterday. I think we might uh, end up getting to that in a second. Well, we can. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll come out of break with that audio, and we're going to welcome we'll Michael Casagrande. Uh, with AL.com coming up shortly. Next here on the Miller's Edge, we'll be right back after a short break. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky partially sunny this afternoon, the high today 81. Tonight fair with the low at 59. Tomorrow is sunny day, the high 84. Friday partly to mostly sunny, just a few isolated showers around. The high Friday at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Thinking as you're seeing him tag, I would assume you're expecting him to because it's a deep enough ball and you're running under it to make that play. Just take us through the mindset. Yeah, um, it's a tie game, you know, one out, so the opportunity's there, and I'm just hoping that the ball is, hits me in the air, really. Um, so I think I can fit it on the money pretty much every time. So it came up to me, and I uh, just tried to get behind it and come through it and um, get it to him in the air, and he made a good tag. So, Man. so on a day when the ball's not even carrying. You're that at bat. Were you 0-2? 0-2 in that at bat, I think? What was the count? I think I might have been 1-0. I'm not sure. 1-0, whatever it was. What's your approach right there? I mean, are you looking off speed, reacting fastball, or how does that work? Yeah, the first at bat, I think I was a little jumpy. I think I was a little antsy um, going into the first at bat. And I was making some, like, early decisions. 
and um, kind of pulling my head out. So I just wanted to really stay through it and um, try and line it out to the second baseman. And um, elevated it, and it there kept go. going. So and then and then <laughs> moving into the double. So you eliminate the the other way because you've already hit the ball the other way, and now you start attacking the middle <laughs> end. Is that how it works? No, I'm still just trying to line out to the second baseman. And you that's, just react inside. That's, that's, yeah, I'm just trying to two strikes too, and it's just um, you know protect the plate and get a barrel on something. And I love it. Yeah. yeah. Interim head coach. Big, big afternoon. Excuse me, I can't even talk here. <laughs> I get four nothing minutes. Kentucky on yesterday, I'm reading something and trying to talk at the same time. Corey Miller, Christian Miller, the Miller's Edge here. Let's go to the hotline, the guest line, Michael Casa Grande. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Is it Casa or am I saying it right or am I wrong on that? But AL.com, senior sports reporter, of course, covers the baseball team and all of Alabama sports. Welcome into the middle of that. Hey, guys. How's it going? Going great. Really good if I can just talk right now. <laughs> I understand. I'm going to do two things that, uh, that once. And I'm like, oh, that don't worry. Let me focus here. But uh, welcome, man. Things are going well. Talk about this great, great win on yesterday. Alabama over Kentucky is shut out. And, of course, a team that everybody's talking about now that may can make some big noise going forward. Yeah, no, it was an impressive win <clears throat> and another impressive pitching performance for a team that's very ridden that pitching staff the last few weeks. Um, bats came alive at the same time, at the right time. Andrew Pickney continues to be, you know, the hottest, one of the hottest players in the SEC. So they really kind of put it together at the right time. Absolutely, Michael. I appreciate you joining us. We go way back covering me when I was playing here. My question to you is, do you feel after yesterday's performance against Kentucky, would you go ahead and say that Alabama has secured themselves as a host for a regional? Yeah, I think there's a lot of discussion about that still. And I think talking to some people, I think there might be a little bit more work to do to, to fully secure that and to assure themselves of that. But I think they're definitely in a discussion. There are a lot of SEC teams that are in contention, and you wonder how many how many SEC, how many one-league teams We'll make it into, you know, we'll get a regional host. So it'll be an interesting debate. I'm sure it'll come, it could come right down to that selection day, uh, before they find out anything, but it, I think it'll be interesting. And I think they've made their case. Uh, I think other teams have a, a good case as well. So it's going to be interesting. Like two of the hottest teams already in the state of Alabama, right? Auburn and the University of Alabama both are playing extremely a great baseball right now, but. But again, I'm really hyped up how this team has performed with the distractions. I mean, you know, but they played well even before the whole coaching situation happened. But, but when you look at this baseball team, and you know, what are some of the things you, you've been hearing about how they've been able to rally and come together and, and continue to have great focus? Yeah, that, that was something that Jason Jackson, the interim coach last night, talked about. Threw it in my story. It's a quick quote, but he kind of he noted that sometimes stuff like this helps focus a team it'll bring everything in it'll bring things together um simplify things in a sense um that there's just been a different kind of mindset and you could tell from the day i mean the day that they fired brad bohan and they come out and almost run rule a top five vanderbilt team that night just hours later so it can be a rallying cry it can you know launch that momentum when when you know people are counting you out myself included i I wrote that day, um, you know, an analysis that, that pretty much uh, maybe left that team, that program for dead, that they 
had been struggling for a long time, and this is only going to push them deeper into a hole. And I think they've responded, at least in the short term, very well. Our guest is Michael Casagrande of AL.com. Michael, would you say, speaking of Jason Jackson, that it's time to seriously consider him as the next head coach of Alabama baseball? Yeah, I certainly believe that he's he's going to be a top candidate, if not the top candidate at this point. He's really navigated this pretty well. Um, I know there are, there are some names out there, but um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was at the top of the list at this point, at least. Oh, uh, you know, you got to think that, as I said earlier, you know, the players obviously going to be maybe his biggest advocates, right? Because uh, they kind of grown to like him. They've seen him handle this situation with great poise and, and kind of pushed him to continue to play hard and keep their focus. So I think you know, if you're Greg Burns, you go, wow, you know, uh, this is a great resume already. I've seen it in action. And, and I think that may lead him to really, as you said, be the front runner and get this job. But going forward this afternoon, they take on a team in Florida who's coming with the number one ranking in the tournament, a team that has championship pedigree, a team that understand playing in big games. So when you look at this matchup, what do you expect and how do you see this baseball team of Alabama coming back this afternoon? Yeah, I'd be interested to see the pitching matchup. Who does Alabama throw out there? They put their their top guys, uh, you know, it is a bullpen game uh, for the Kentucky game yesterday. Uh, I'm curious to see who they pitch um, to see the, the level of importance they're putting on on this game, getting this win, um, because uh, oftentimes with this SEC tournament, of course you want to win it all, you want to win the, the championship, but there there are smaller battles to be won within. Um, getting to the, you know, a win over Florida today would be bigger than um, a lot of other things, all things considered. So for the resume, that would be huge. I mean, beating Kentucky yesterday was big in terms of being uh, the number two team in the RPI. So. It's all about building that resume, and I think a win over Florida could could all but assure them of, of that regional host. Michael, do you feel that after everything you've seen, you know, this team do this this season and, and this postseason up to this point, is this a team that you feel has the potential to, to make a run at an NCAA title? I know we got to be where our feet are and folks on the, the SEC tourney right now, but do you see them having the potential to make a run at the NCAA, the NCAA title and punching a ticket to Omaha? Maybe in the past I wouldn't have said yes, but after you've seen, you know, I could Ole Miss a year ago, the last team to make it into the, the last at large team to make it into the tournament at all last year to go on and win it all. So, you know, there's something to be said about getting hot. Um, they've, they've got some of the pieces that, that you'd need. Uh, I think it's just given the, the history and the recent history of postseason struggles with this program, it might be hard to fully visualize a run to Omaha. Uh, but you know, it's like I said with Ole Miss, what they did last year um, wouldn't have been. You couldn't have convinced a lot of people at this point uh, Wednesday at the SEC tournament that they would be the one hosting the trophy in Omaha. So anything's possible, um, but you know, would be on the outside shot, but not not impossible. Michael Pastor Grande, senior sports writer, dot com is our guest here on the Miller's Edge. I wanted to, to switch gears and just t- talk a little uh, Alabama football. I mean, we're football guys at heart, you know, but I know the baseball yeah. is the hottest thing right now. But, <laughs> we, you know, Nick's kids happened on yesterday. Of course, Nick 
you know, coming from Europe or Italy. He's been around doing his uh, vacation, his travels, and, you know, talking about the brand of Alabama and people over there loving the brand and, uh, you know, but he's asking questions about his team on, on yesterday. You know, uh, when you look at this football team, a lot of the jobs are open. I think this is one of the years uh-huh. that you look at Alabama football and, and you go, wow, there's a lot of, a lot of jobs that's, uh, for competition. Just kind of what is your early thoughts of, of, of this football team as they head to come back to campus and start the summer workouts? I think it's very an interesting group. Uh, uh, very much a program team in transition with two new coordinators, obviously a new quarterback still to be determined and just a lot of, um, a lot of question marks. Um, just, I keep asking, I keep saying in every conversation I have, like, who's the dude? Who's, who's going to be the dude on this team or dudes plural where Will Anderson, Bryce Young were the unquestioned guys. Um, from last year's team, and when you look at this year's team, and you're, I, you know, I don't see that tallest guy standing up as being, you know, who is who's going to be that person. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if, how they develop as a team behind the scenes. It's a, you know, you guys know that this is a big time of year, the summer. What you guys, how they come together as a, a team when no one's watching, I think is an important. Uh, step in this whole process. So, um, those, those kind of situations are happening now. Um, but, you know, is this going to be a running style of offense? Are they going to, we've seen so much, so much passing in the, the last several quarterbacks. Is this going to be a return to a ground game with some strong young running backs coming into the program? I think there's just a whole lot more question marks than uh, I can remember in recent past. Should make for an interesting season one way or the other. I agree 100% with you, Michael. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts, and I know you're sick and tired of the quarterback question, so I'm not going to ask you who's going to be the quarterback, but uh, do you think there's a front runner right now, and, and and who do you think has the best chances out of all these guys because it's a pretty pretty loaded quarterback room at this point. I think five scholarship guys uh, with the addition mm-hmm. of Tyler Buckner transfer from Notre Dame. Who do you think has the best odds uh, of to land in the job, and does it really matter? You know, I think – we look back, um, you know, earlier in Coach Saban's tenure and, uh, definitely some, some good quarterbacks, um, but they, you know, respectfully weren't on the level of, of what we see in now, you know, with Tua and Jalen and Mac Jones. Um, do you think it really matters, uh, if, if it's, you know, uh, Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson or Tyler Buckner? Um, and if so, who do you think is that front runner or has the best chance? That's a, that's a good point and a good question. I think it, somewhat in the sense it reminds me of the 2016 season. Yeah. Uh, coming off of Jake Coker, um, you had a, a number of quarterbacks in the room and you weren't quite sure who was going to rise to the top. And Jalen Hurts obviously won the job eventually, but I, I think there was a lot of, you know, that whole offseason it was, you were hearing something about this guy, something about that guy. This is going to be the starter. This is going to be the starter. And, yeah. and, and Jalen kind of quietly worked his way through. He had a big A day. He kind of gave a, a little bit of a preview of what was to come, but I don't know if anyone truly believed that a true freshman would be, uh, the starter from that group. And obviously time has proved that one to be a, a good call, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say because I, nobody really, nobody took that bull by the horn to say, but nice to say it on a day. I know it's a dialed back offense, but you just saw things that, uh, you're maybe hoping to see some improvement in certain areas. And there were certain fundamentals that still weren't there um, from the guys who were coming back. And then 
you had Buckner in and, you know, he came from Notre Dame, um, was probably going to lose the job, the starting job there, um, to Sam Hartman, who was transferring in. He had some turnover issues. He could run the ball. He's kind of has some of the Jalen Dover style of he can run the ball well, um, has some turnover issues. So, um, you know, it's when you bring in, and they've never brought in a transfer quarterback. So you think, you know, that might be, when you bring in a transfer for the first time at that position, that might be an indicator, but there wasn't something so overwhelming about Buckner that says that, wow, he's definitely the guy uh, to beat in this, in this group. So long story short, it's a good question and we're going to find out, but I don't know if there's a, a true, you know, the guy to beat and then everyone trailing behind him. Yeah. The transfer guy from Notre Dame, I saw him play in the uh, Gator Bowl against South mm-hmm. Carolina, uh, interception prone type of player, but he's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, he take risks, take shots, but he, to his credit, uh, after being down by a couple of touchdowns to the Gamecocks, uh, he brought Notre Dame back, you know, minus the, the big tight end and some of his best players running back. He won the game, but I, I, I still don't see him, uh, you know, that guy, like you said, that could come in here and just, uh, you know, you don't put him in front of, you know, Ty Simpson and those guys, Milro, because I think they're equally as good or probably better in my opinion. So I don't think mm-hmm. that's going to, uh, you know, tell us anything. But I, you know, I, I think they'll find a way. Don't you think Coach Saban, he just finds a way and he sees what, what he has, uh, you know, through the summer headed into to fall and, and, and they make the necessary adjustments and, and he'll figure it out. And that's what I kind of say to the Alabama fans, right? Coach Saban always figured out when you think, we don't have this guy or that guy. He figures things out. Um, and somebody normally, you know, separate themselves and, and take that lead, especially at that quarterback position. Yeah. And like I said earlier, the, the running back situation is something to keep an eye on that we've kind of grown so accustomed to this being a pass first, um, high flying to a Mac Jones, Bryce Young offense. But, you know, if they bring it back a little bit to the, the Jake Coker era, AJ McCarron era where there was, you know, run the ball first. You have some Justice Haynes. Uh, you got a couple of good freshman running backs who were in there that could kind of change that dynamic and change the, the way that people look at the offense back to the way it was in a different era. Um, it, it could be a possibility where it, it becomes on the quarterback to not do any harm. Don't, don't turn the ball over. Be, you know, be looked to be more of a possession player than, um, the guy who's going to go out and win the game for you. No, I agree 100%, Michael. It's, it's definitely interesting. There's a lot of questions that will be answered eventually, but it's just, there's so many, there's so many different factors. You look at it and me being a defensive guy, I just always say, you know, mm-hmm. defense wins championships. They don't score. They don't win. But then on the mm-hmm. flip side, you look at it and you're like, well, they, you know, things have changed. You know, you almost have mm-hmm. to score 40 points a game now to win in college football. We've even heard Coach Saban say that. So as much as I'd like to say, oh, you know, as long as we have a stout and stellar defense, uh, we should be just fine. You, you look at the landscape of college football, and unfortunately, you have to put up uh, some points in order to, to to win games. And we see that now um, with the way things have changed. Michael, I appreciate you being so gracious with your time. Before we let you go, uh, tell everybody where they can follow you and, and, and follow up on you, uh, your writing and uh, where they can follow you out on Twitter. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, AL.com is always going to be the home to my work for that um, and by Casa Grande on Twitter B-Y-C-A-S-A-G-R-A-N-D-E um, try to have some fun on there keep it light um, yeah that's where you can find me
Good deal. We appreciate you Mike, being thank gracious. You, yeah, thank you for being gracious with your time. Thank we'll you definitely so do it again, Michael, and uh, thanks for joining the Miller's Edge. Of course. Thanks for having me. Always. Yeah, that- Michael Casagrande, AL.com. Love the insight, baseball, football, all your Bama sports. He got you covered because I'm sitting there reading uh, his article on the baseball team for yesterday when I was trying to talk and do something. <laughs> at the same time, I'm looking at Andrew Pickney trying to say his name. That's pretty difficult to do. I want to keep it football after the break, though. And I want to hear from you. We're going to line up the phone calls because when we come back, we're going to have about a good 18 minutes or so to, to take your calls, to talk football or wherever you want to go, 205-342-9904. Here's a question. What is the Bama standard? Part two of that question, did they lose it? And then I'm going to throw in a third part of it. Will they get it back? We're going to talk about that because we're going to talk to Christian. He played for Nick Saban. He knows about the Bama standard. I got my own thoughts of why uh, maybe they lost it. So we're going to get into some of that conversation. Love to hear from you again, 205-342-9904. This is the Miller's Edge on the Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Sports. This is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. You know, you, you can't. You can't just come up here with the expectation that things are going to happen without putting in the work, without without going out there and, and, and grinding in the off season. You know, going through the, you can't go through the motions during the workouts. You know, you got to take everything serious. You got to show up every day to, to improve and get better. And I think um, it's it's just a, again a result of just over time. You know, people becoming satisfied. We've even heard Kirby Smart say that. You know, the biggest thing that they're worried about right now is is fighting guys being satisfied, getting comfortable. Because it's easy to do when you have success, uh, especially when you're a young man just getting on campus. Again, you don't necessarily understand what all it takes uh, and then what all goes into it. So that's my take on the Bama standard. We have Tom on the line. He's been waiting patiently. Tom, we appreciate you calling in. Welcome into the Miller's Edge. How are you on this Wednesday? Christian, hey, Corey, how, how are y'all today? Doing well. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Um you know, it's an interesting subject, and it's one that's been bannered around on uh, this radio station a good bit. And it's not a, it never gets old to think about. And uh, I appreciate the fact y'all brought it up. But my take on the Bama factor is uh, Christian, you pointed out earlier, things have changed in the game of football. Uh, things have changed in the uh, uh, game of basketball. Uh, people have become, over the last several years, innovative about how they approach uh, football or sports in general, but particularly football, uh, how to pressure a defense from sideline to sideline and from the line of scrimmage all the way to the end zone. You know what I mean? you got to cover every end. That's right. And, uh, uh, and it's changed in that regard, but the thing that bothers me the most about Alabama and what I think they've lost is the mental factor. Uh, the mental, uh, you brought up the, the 
pre-snap penalty. That's mental. And uh, uh, jumping offside, that's mental. Uh, uh, and, and various other uh, drop passes, that's mental. And we've had our share of that stuff the last two to three years. And, uh, and, and it's been game-changing. Game-changing a lot of times. So the Bama factor that I think we're missing is the mental factor uh, that you, you have to have to win. And, 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 and both of y'all are winners at, at, at your, at your uh, trade uh, at playing defense. And you know exactly what I'm talking about, and I'd like to hear what y'all's take is. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Absolutely. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. I'll let I'll let I'll, I'll let you uh, hit on that. What you know? What what are your thoughts? And I, I agree 100 percent with Tom. Oh, Tom is right. Tom is <laughs> he, he's spot on. I mean, you know, the mental aspect. You go back to all the pre-snap penalties last year that cost him. I mean, Tennessee game. What was it like? Something like 17 penalties in that game. Lot, something well, crazy like that. Texas. Um, yeah, Texas had a. I think they broke a record almost yeah, for I mean, penalties. That's just unheard of, unthinkable when you think about a Nick Saban coach football team, right? One thing when you, you know, even before you got there, when I was just covering sports, I covered sports, you know, all across, especially the SEC. You know, one thing you knew about Alabama, Nick Saban coach football team, this team would not beat themselves. They were going to be extremely disciplined. You knew that. That was just, that was known. So what I witnessed last year and even a couple of years ago was I'm like, this don't seem like a Nick Saban coach team. Now, here is what I said last night, Christian, and folks that are listening. Problem is, yet the mental side. But when you have so much turnover in coaching, every year there's turnover on the Alabama football staff. A lot of it for good reason. I don't know because coaches have made a name for themselves and go get, you know, bigger, better opportunities or a head coaching job and you can't blame them. But the truth is it hurts the team and it hurts the chemistry and it hurts the building of your program because you said it earlier, uh, the players take on the persona of coaches, of coaches. They're going to be like their coach. So they're going to be an extension of the coach. But when you got so much turnover, how can you build that? How can your culture continue to expand and grow? Because you're hearing from a different voice somewhere every single year. You know, when you got here, those coaches, Chris Romps and, you know, the, the Kirby Smarts and all these guys have been in place for years and, and Coach Cochran in the fourth quarter and, and they had this this agenda in place that worked. And they called it the process, right? Yep. Well, that process has been torn apart because now you pull it from here, you pull it from there, I'm pulling NFL coaches that, that really used to be with guys who make more money than them, that they don't have to recruit, uh, you know, you know, do these different things. They just want to post ball. And, and so the standard gets lost. And so you got new faces and new places and it's gone. So that's why I said there's going to be a combination because the reason why Kevin Steele became a sexy hire for Nick Saban as a defense coordinator, because he's bringing the old school back. Somebody that understands the identity of the program. Somebody that gets the physicality defensively, what they expect, all of this stuff. 
Well, let me bring in a young guy and tell me Reese to give me an innovative offense, but yet his, his foundation is physicality. Big offensive lineman. We're going to pound you. We're going to bust you in your mouth. We're going to run the football down the hill, downhill, and we throw it when we need to. So Nick Saban understands that Kirby Smart took his blueprint and took it to Athens, Georgia, and said, this is how you do it. And he got it done. And Alabama took a back seat. Now Nick Saban is trying to get that back. That's why I said there's going to be a combination of Christians both. Yeah. Look, and I, I think both of those things are, are, are honestly that that's what it is. You know, you, you hit the nail on the head and, and, and Tom did as well. And, and that's, yeah. that's kind of what I was saying. Um, y'all both just expanded upon what I was saying. And that's exactly right. With the turnover, it's hard, uh, to, to retain that process because you, you're expecting new guys, new coaches. In leadership roles to instill that process, but how are they instilling a process that they themselves are learning? It's hard to do. It's not their fault. It's just the truth. And then, like Tom mentioned, the mental aspect, that's what I was getting at in terms of, you know, those earlier guys in Coach Saban's tenure were hungry. They turned the program around. And then when, you know, when guys that followed, like myself, we looked up to those guys because Coach Saban always made it a point. Those other guys who set that foundation, they're watching. They take pride in, in, in the bricks that they laid down to build that foundation, and they want it to be sustained. And so our goal was to, to live up to that standard. That's why you heard Will Anderson talk a lot about that, like, you know, sticking to the standard, you know, upholding the standard. And, and again, those guys definitely tried. I just don't know if we had enough guys. And, and again, I think what happens is when you have so much success, when guys are coming now, they just see all these rings and they just expect it to happen. And I'm telling you, the times that we lost was when we just had expectations. I'll give you an example. When we went to was it San Francisco and played uh, Clemson my senior year, when I was out with that torn hamstring that I suffered against Oklahoma, playing against Kyler Murray in the Orange Bowl, it was the same thing. We went into that game almost just expecting to win. We were up undefeated up to that point. We just dismantled Kyler Murray and and, and Oklahoma Sooners. Everybody thought, all right, we just got to just go out there to California, have fun. This music is very fitting <laughs> going to California. And uh, I honestly feel like that team kind of just we, we, we lost sight of, of, of our goal to win that championship because we just we, we just had the expectations that we would just go in there and win. And that's not how things work. You got to put the work in. You know, Eric Thomas came and spoke to us, a great motivational speaker, one of the best in the world. And he said something that stuck with us. It was that everybody wants to be a beast until at times it comes time to do what beasts got to do. And it's true. Everybody wants to be the greatest until it's time to put in the work to be great. That rings true in any Everybody wants the strength of a ox, but don't want to deal with the mess in the stable. There you go. Couldn't have said it better. Great show. Appreciate Michael Casagrande, AL.com joining us. Thank you, Seth, for having Glass, Christian Miller. I'm Corey Miller. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll continue this conversation. What is that Bama standard and can they get that back? Big new sports coming up. And, uh, of course, go Bama. Roll Tide. Take care of business this afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow.